Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, we are talking all about week 11 of a college football season. We are talking about some games that didn't get played. We're talking about a bunch of games that did get played. But most importantly, Tyler, we are talking about Florida beating Arkansas 63-35 to behind a six-touchdown performance by Heisman front runner Kyle Trask. I said mm. it. I mm. said it, Tyler. Mm. I'm going to keep I'm on saying here, it, too. I'm not here to dispute you. So. Not at all. Not um, at all. We'll start off first with the AP poll, Tyler. There are no changes to the AP poll for the first eight spots. Those remain the same with Alabama at number one, Notre Dame at number two, Ohio State three, Clemson four. Those are your playoff teams as of right now. A&M five, Florida six, Cincinnati seven, BYU eight. And where it gets switched up here is Indiana coming up to nine, Wisconsin coming up to 10, Oregon staying where they are at 11, and Miami dropping from number 9 to number 12 after a victory, Tyler. Yeah, I think it was deserved, though. Yeah, like, yeah. I think so as well. I think so as I well. I mean, they, they, I think they are clearly a top 15 team in the country, mm-hmm. or at least a top 20 team, but their record's getting them this high of a, of a... Their record, not their caliber of play, is getting them this high of a grade. Correct. The fact that Sorry. they've only lost to Derek Clemson. King's caliber of play. <laughs> Derek King's caliber of play is getting this, this high of a grade. Yeah, definitely. It's a Derek King factor here. Um, tied at 15, Tyler. And I say tied specifically because on the official AP poll rankings, number 15 is Coastal Carolina and also number 15 is Marshall. So they have come into a tie. They both have 557 votes um, or points, however they do it, ranking, whatever. They're both at 557. And then we continue on with the usual suspects, Iowa State, Oklahoma, Northwestern going from 23 to 19. They're continually going up on the rise. And then welcome to the top 25, Tulsa at 4-1. Yeah. Bienvenidos, Tulsa. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Just realizing how few of these teams played this week. It's insane, dude. Like It's so like, insane. They, I actually, I don't think there were that. 15 is a lot of games to be postponed or canceled. But yes. even then, I was like, that's not a lot. But it's also like half these teams had bye weeks anyway. <laughs> right. Like Clemson was um, off because they were off. Yeah. There's a lot of teams that Jeez. already had bye weeks. So, yeah, it was a weird college football Saturday just because of, I don't want to say, the well, I do want to say the lack of teams and the lack of just competitiveness, I guess you could say, because of that. A lot of the games yeah. were kind of blowouts. Well, there weren't many close games. matchup this week. Mm-hmm. After not two single. top 10 ranked matchups last week, not a single one this week. So, like, it was, it's, Par for the course for this. Par season. for the course. Par for the course. Exactly. A, a good golf reference on Master Sunday, Tyler. Well done. Um, let's move ahead. L- let's talk about the Gators, though. All right, Florida sixty-three, Arkansas thirty-five. The big story here: Kyle Trask six touchdown passes, five in the first half. It. I joked about it at the beginning, but I don't think I was completely joking. I, I didn't take it as a joke. So. I truly think that Kyle Trask has put himself as the front runner for the Heisman Trophy. Is that our Florida bias showing, or a little bit? Is that definitely a little bit. Definitely a little bit. Okay. You, no, can't take that out of it. Can't, <laughs> but I will. I will pose the question unbiasedly: Who in the country is playing better than Kyle Trask is right now? I don't think anyone is playing better at their position than Kyle Trask, but. I do think that at their position, the Heisman is a quarterback award. All right, it, it is. But you mean to tell me that if Travis Etienne didn't have a fantastic season from the beginning, he wouldn't be getting votes? Yeah, he'd be getting Come votes, on. but it wouldn't. It wouldn't have mattered. I I don't know about that, dude. I don't know. I don't know about that because I think what hurts Trevor Lawrence 
is the fact that Trevor Travis Etienne is sure, on his sure, team. Sure, sure, but so, but if but if Trevor if Travis Etienne was a clear high performer on his team, do you think he's going to win over Justin Fields and Kyle Trask and Mac Jones and he Zach could. Wilson? It, it would have to. No, the answer is no, Sergio. Okay. The answer all right, all right. is no. I'm just trying I to give. Ex- I'm like, trying to give the running backs a shot here. Okay, no, dude? Travis. I understand, and like I think it's stupid that the Heisman is a quarterback award in the sense that it's brands itself not as a quarterback award, but right. like nowadays with the way that college football has evolved, it is. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the way because it is what it is. Like it's, I, it's not that nothing it's a against Travis Etienne. It's, right. It's, it's 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 a testament to Travis Etienne that he's even in that conversation. Correct. But he's not going to win the award. I don't think it's necessarily a quarterback award. I think it's a statistics award. And because of the way that college football has gone, therefore, it's become a de facto quarterback award. But to say that it's just a quarterback award, I think is a little I think it's okay, a little premature. I hear you. And just the way that offices are evolved today. Like, exactly. Your quarterbacks are the ones who are going to get statistics. Exactly. As far as Heisman goes, like I will say, I mean, Justin Fields has only played two games. Mm-hmm. So... At the by the end of the season, Justin Fields. I, I mean, like, it's going to be an interesting race to see if Justin Fields can overtake. Technically, I think in most people's minds, Justin Fields is the Heisman front runner, and Kyle right. Trask is probably up there now. I mean, mm-hmm. he's at minimum a finalist right now, unless he falls off a cliff. Yeah, I think he's gonna um, he's gonna at least be invited to that virtual virtual which ceremony, is, which is saying so much. Yeah, already. Right. Uh, what a Hollywood story, and additionally, like. I mean, I thought I thought Kyle Trask would be great this season, but we all I'd did. be lying. I'd be lying if I said I thought he'd be a Heisman finalist. Yeah, for sure. We, I we, really we, didn't. We definitely thought that he would. Well, when we said he, the thing is, there was pushback when we said he's hands down the best returning quarterback in the SEC. Like there was pushback even on that. So for for people to push back on the fact that he wasn't even people think or thought that he wasn't the best returning quarterback in his own conference. I think it would have been a bit of a stretch at the beginning of the season, preseason, and I to think say he was a Heisman that, guy. A large part of that, and it's something that still is going to work against him, is mm-hmm. the fact that Kyle Trask does not have elite NFL measurables. He doesn't have right. elite NFL traits, which is fine. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not really judging him like on his ability to be an NFL player. That's a conversation for, for the spring. Um, right. But as a college player, no one really is playing better than him right now. The problem mm-hmm. is, is that people get caught up in the NFL arm now. Yeah. So and that that's the reason there's pushback against him because like he doesn't have as good NFL measurables as even Mac Jones. Mac Jones is a better arm, mm-hmm. he's better deep passer. That in the NFL sense is probably more desirable. Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence are physical specimens, so obviously I don't need to go into yeah. that. Um so there's pushback on it, but it's very much I mean, Danny Werfel won a Heisman and he was he he was absolutely deserving of it. He wasn't right. a great NFL quarterback, but it doesn't matter because the Heisman is a college based award. Exactly. Exactly. And that is one thing I don't like is when I, I'm a big thing where I'm like, you can enjoy what something is in the college football realm without having to think, oh, but it's not going to work at the NFL level. Like that doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. they're two different, they're two different they're, sports. They're yeah. similar, but they clearly are two different sports. And what can get you to succeed yeah. at one level doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to succeed at another. Troy Smith won a Heisman. Yeah. he um, And he went undrafted in that next round. And and I, I still think that, well, like uh, from from just not even like that much of an accolade perspective, like John Ross, the, the Washington wide receiver, mm-hmm. uh, who scored seventeen touchdowns on the Washington team that made the playoff, he was the number one receiver in that team. He was absolutely incredible that entire season. Yeah, everyone always bashes him because he hasn't done anything in the NFL. He wins with speed, but he and he doesn't have enough speed to work at the NFL game. Great, that doesn't mean he was a bad college player. Correct. And I think that a lot of times in these awards, think people look at like. 
okay, well, but like, is it NFL translatable? And like, I don't care about that. I was right. just like college player. Anyway, we should probably talk about the game. We, I know, oh, but <laughs> but in and to wrap up your the little mini sermon we just gave, I think a lot of people, a lot of the discussion I have with people up here in the Northeast, like when I bring up someone like Tebow, is when I say like, oh no, Tebow is one of the greatest college player, one of Absolutely. the greatest college players of all time, and they go, yeah, but he was really bad, and I go, well, was he? Because was he? when you look at his four years at Florida, he was not bad. Okay, you are taking someone, you, you are trying to pin a reputation on a college player based off of their NFL looks. Like a lot of people say, wow, I can't believe that Peyton Manning didn't win a Heisman when he was in college. He Understand- wasn't that oh, well, good in college. Understandably <laughs> so. Like I get that. Oh, wow, it's crazy. Yeah. But th- that's only because he became one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You know what I mean? No one was Look saying Tom that. Tom Brady's whole – Career trajectory. Tom Brady exactly. was a good, not great quarterback in Michigan. And people and people say like, "Oh, I can't believe that Mi- Michigan had Tom Brady and didn't do anything with him." Well, no, I can because the way that the game is played at the collegiate level is different than the professional level. And also, players aren't what they always are. Like, I hate the argument, and even like we'll bring this back to Cal Trask. Everybody always argues like, "You have had this guy on his bench all this time, and he's only mm-hmm. played to last year." And I'm like, Kyle, Kyle Trask would not be what he is now if he played four years ago. Correct. Because like players develop they evolve and situations matter kyle trask starts playing under jim McElwain. i don't know things could be different he probably would have been better for that system than felipe franks right but then is McElwain even fired are we even in this situation just mm-hmm. kyle trask just peter out at what he is McElwain doesn't really develop quarterbacks the same way dan mullen does right like, uh, no definitely definitely doesn't he definitely does like but let's even bring it back further tyler like a lot of people say wow i can't believe this man didn't start at his high school people his the guy who was in front of him is derrick king like, it's not like there was a scrub in front of him, you know? And, I mean, and the funniest thing is Cal Trask, high school coach, well, first of all, he gave Trask at least two drives every single game mm-hmm. um, and, and drives that weren't in garbage time. Right. But he also says, like, he went on record back when Cal Trask was recruited. He's just like, I'm going to go. I, he said, I will be the man who benched Cal Trask. Like, that will be my <laughs> legacy. Like, he, he said that then when Cal in Trask the was just being recruited. Like, in the he's moment. He's like, one day somebody's going to come back and look at me the same way that Michael Jordan look, – look at Michael Jordan's high school coach, where he's just like, I'm the guy who benched Cal Trask. Yeah, wow. But for what they were running at that school, Derrick King was – and Derrick King's a great player, so it's not like yeah. – He's so, literally Miami's offense. You just have to contextualize these things. Exactly. And I think in a college football-based sense, mm-hmm. there is no one in the country that is playing better football right now at this current moment than Cal Trask. Before we go into the game, last thing on Trask and the Heisman. Do you see a world where he wins the Heisman? Because right now, like you said, Fields is a front runner. Um, we're looking at I, – I still like Zach Wilson. I think he peaked too early, but that's not his fault. It's just there, there, who they play. There's one, there's one situation where mm-hmm. Kyle Trask wins the Heisman. Which is? He beats Alabama. So it's all so as Florida fans, we're all in. It's all or nothing for us. It's either we win the SEC championship and he gets the Heisman, or we lose against Alabama and he doesn't. I say that because Mac Jones is a French Heisman contender of his own. Got it. So, so that could be like a de facto I mean, he'll, Heisman. I think he's, I think he's locked himself. Unless he falls off a cliff, I think he's locked himself as an and as a finalist. Like that's happening. Trask. Yeah, Trask. Agreed. But if you lose to Mac Jones, and probably what will be a shootout. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where, like, yeah, but you didn't beat this other Heisman finalist. And and the votes are yeah. after the championship games, before the Before bowls. the semis. Like, before bowls, period. Before bowls at all. They're just after the yeah. championship games. Exactly. So just with the way the situation sets up, he has to mm-hmm. keep playing as he does, and he has to beat Alabama, unfortunately. Like, that's, he has to beat Alabama. Yeah. Well, the Heisman Which ceremony— I, I feel way—I have to say, I feel more confident in the ability to because 
in the sense of like it's becoming more apparent that Caltras is a special college quarterback. Yeah. And magic can happen in that situation. That game is a long way away, though. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll talk about that in about a, in in comes. a few weeks. So, but just so everyone knows, the Heisman ceremony is January fifth on ESPN. It's going to be a virtual ceremony, so no one will be in New York, and it will be broadcast out of ESPN studios in Bristol, Connecticut. So, just on that, Tyler, I do want to talk about this game. What did you see out of the defense? Because we did have a defensive touchdown in this game, and there were moments when Felipe on his return to the swamp may you know looked pretty good especially in those first few drives what did you see out of the defense that allowed them to hold arkansas to 35 points i know that's a weird phrase to say like oh they held them to 35 points because that's a lot of points yeah but i feel like that was was... when the game when the game was still mattering they Mm -hmm. held them to like four exactly they they came through when it mattered what did you see out of the defense that you liked what i liked um they're playing with way more confidence they're playing with way more cohesion less breakdowns still a lot of breakdowns like this is at most an average defense like right. this is not we're not going to get an elite defense out of this unit i really don't think but it, yeah. it's not playing bad anymore it has its warts they're playing with confidence they're still not forcing turnovers very much i mean they did have a defensive touchdown mm-hmm. but the way that that happened did seemed very like bang bang play good yeah. stuff like it's still this defense i still don't feel like is one that's going to create those opportunities very often right uh, but I like they were able to lock down a lot of on of the running game on the short area. They were able to pressure Felipe. Right. Yes, that's but a big the, deal. the ability to affect the quarterback was something that this defense is built upon that was not there in the first half quarter of the season, mm-hmm. and has slowly started to increase. Yeah. Part of that is is related to the the, uh, the offensive line being played, the way the defensive backs are playing, um, but the ability to affect the quarterback has increased lately. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. I will say the weakest area, the weakest area is defense, and it still is. Um, and Felipe Franks exposed it a couple times. Yeah. Is the deep ball? Yeah, and yeah. I told you I, that was my prediction. No, it, yeah. my, my prediction was close because I did say there would be two deep, deep ball touchdown passes, but that didn't come to fruition. But there were multiple times when a deep it was either a threat, or there were definitely deep, deep completions to set up. The yeah. running game, which, deep, which was some, really well for them. There were two deep touchdowns, but like, mm-hmm. I think the big thing you have to look at is, like, like I said, with Kendall Brown's offense, as you know this, and I explained it last week, like mm-hmm. a lot of it is short, intermediate stuff in the passing game and running game. You do it really quick to build up them playing close to the line to then chuck it over the top. It's the Drew Locke offense in, 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 a, in a style sense, not right. an exact scheme necessarily. Mm-hmm. But... And Florida did, I think, a pretty good job of, of locking down the short stuff. Yeah. Keeping it in front of them. But, I mean, the long ball is still something that Florida's just, they're not, I don't think that they're going to get great at defending this season. Mm-hmm. And against other offenses, there's only one left on the schedule that will be able to exploit that, really. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about the game when it gets there. It's exactly. Alabama, by the way, yeah. in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> um, the one, the this, one, yeah. It is, it is important to note that this was pretty much the consensus most difficult game left on Florida's regular season schedule after Georgia. Correct. Which is weird to say now. Cause it's Arkansas about a preseason. <laughs> I'm telling, I'm telling you, Arkansas is going to be good. In like, no, 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 I believe you. I think they're good now. I, I, I just, yeah, no, if you told me before the season, Felipe Franks to come back. Cause he get this, gets cause it he for could. A year, that would be, be fun. Listen, I, I, I just think that if you would have told me before the season started, Hey, the toughest game you're going to have, after Georgia before the SEC championship game is Arkansas, I would have laughed in your face. I would have laughed in your face. Asked I would have thought that meant more that 
all those other teams fell off a cliff. Uh huh. Rather than Arkansas, rather than Arkansas have actually kind of elevated to an yeah, average team. Exactly. Um, but yeah. But good on the defense, like you said, in terms of rushing the passer. They're still... definitely playing with more confidence, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Like, and the... there's a lot of it. Yeah, go ahead. The... No, I was gonna say, and and we said it before, but the reintroduction of Campbell on that defensive line oh. is such a difference when so you can important. blow up the front, the nose, the nose from the nose tackle position from the two two gap the four gap it's so much easier to get your ends around so that they can go ahead and make something happen now tyler i want to transition away from the defense offense there's not much to say the run game is one thing that i think was really on display yesterday and i'm very glad because yes we talk all about we spent 10 minutes talking about kyle trask and the heisman race but what really allows that to happen is the fact that the offensive line is getting push the running game is being established and defenses are having to throw people into the box, which allows for our fantastic receivers, for uh, Kadarius Tony, for a Trevon Grimes, they are many. for a Justin they... Short, for a Justin Shorter, who, by the way, Penn State fans, he can catch the ball pretty well to me. I don't, I don't know what you guys are talking about up in Happy Valley, but oh, we'll, he, he we'll, can catch we'll, the ball. We'll talk about Sean Clifford in a little bit. Don't we, you worry. We will. Oh, we will. Oh, we will. So I think that the running game being established was definitely something that helped us out and will help us out, I think, in the one big game that's yeah. left that matters and which we'll talk about when we get there. Um, I do want to bring up, Tyler, the Emory Jones drive at the end of the game. We are in good hands next year because that touchdown pass that, oh between the defenders three defenders oh. to, to, a, to, a, to a true freshman wide receiver. Oh, my gosh, Tyler. Oh, it's, my gosh. Well, the best thing is that from a recruiting standpoint – and I literally saw people play, uh, tweet that like recruits and commits tweet this uh, uh, during the game. Is like I can't wait to play in this offense. Mm-hmm. The floor, Kyle Trask targeted ten different receivers in this game. He didn't have Kyle Pitts, his best receiving threat, the best tight end in the country, wasn't there? And I actually thought, and this is my thing with a lot of times when people are out, people are like, oh, they're going to struggle. When you know you're not going to have Kyle Pitts, mm-hmm. you're prepared for that. Yeah. So and. To their credit, Kamora Gamble and Keon Zipper slotted into that role perfectly. Like mm-hmm. they're not the same player, but they played really well. Keon Zipper had two touchdowns, mm-hmm. um, and that that's the thing. Like I think Florida, Florida actually still moved the ball in the Georgia game in the second half. They just struggled in the red zone, which is where Kyle Pitts probably would have made a big difference. Right. But that's when like Kyle Pitts is a part of the game plan, and then just suddenly is not anymore. Mm-hmm. But when you have a whole week to be like, okay, well we're not going to have Kyle. We so know what we're going to do now. We, so we just know that. So yeah. you play you play differently. Exactly. And this was a really good Arkansas pass defense. That, so it's that... it's actually the best pass defense in the SEC. Not so... anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but going into this game, the pass yeah. defense was better than Georgia. The pass defense was better than they Bama. Led, they led the interceptions in the in the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, good defense. Just, they were on fire, despite the fact that they were wearing the orange and white jeans. Yeah, we'll, which I don't actually think are bad. They're just our worst combination. Like, I think they're our worst combination that we can regularly wear because we won't even speak about the. the nah, nah, shut the, up. The, okay, cool. Shut I'm not even going to mention those. Um, that's really all I have to say about this game. I'm really comfortable with this team. We have Did Vanderbilt we punt next in this week game at all. Uh, I don't think so. Okay, cool. I'm not sure. We had we one. Have we had Vanderbilt one next week. <laughs> well, we had one turnover on downs on the second drive. When it was a what fourth and two, fourth and three, and Mullen just... was like, "Go for it!" And there was a miss 
face mask call that he blew up on the sideline. So even then was whatever. We got yeah. Vanderbilt next week. The week after we have Kentucky. The week after that we have South Carolina. Then we have no, Tennessee. Tennessee, Tennessee. Oh, I'm sorry. We, have, we, are we already South played South Carolina. Then we have Tennessee, and then we might play LSU. We maybe. still have to see how that goes. So I think three, maybe four. You easier win. You games. win two more games. You clinch. You basically clinch. Yeah. No, no, you so, do. You you clinch because we have the tiebreaker over Georgia. Correct. So we clinch. Um. Good to see we'll there. See how that we'll see how that we'll goes. see how that goes. Um, um the, the rest of the schedule is really easy. It like, is, and Kentucky, I'd say, would be the hardest team. I don't, and this thing, I don't even, I don't want to start talking about Bama because I don't want to jinx anything. No, I don't, you're four games away. We're four like, games away, but when you look at the schedule, dude, it's a I just pretty have a hard good chance. Like, like I said, I even said this last week, even with when we were when Arkansas was on the horizon, I was like, yeah. Florida could lose again. Mm-hmm. But it's hard for me to imagine them losing twice. Mm-hmm. Agreed. They've scored no less than 38 points all season. They're averaging 46 points a game. Yeah. What offense on that – what offense do they face before Bama that is going to remotely stop Caltrack? The, o- the only – Or remotely the, match Caltrack? The only one would be last year's LSU, but none of them are there. <laughs> I mean, Miles Brand is probably not going to play again this season. Well, yeah, so. he's probably out, so at that so point. So that's probably not going to matter, so – all right, Tyler. That's it for the Gators. Let's go yeah, into rapid reactions before we go into five wide, which is pretty much three wide, but we'll talk about that later. Um, I want to start on Friday night. We have Cincinnati 55, ECU 17. Clockwork. Clockwork. I do want to point something out, though. ECU is a bad team. But the way that you can beat Cincinnati, right? They they gave, Even though they are bad, they gave us the blueprint. ECU was succeeding on quick slants that is how you expose cincinnati's defense if you can if you can get the quick three yard slant if, if michael thomas went up against the cincinnati defense every week he would torch them michael thomas and Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> no but that's what i'm saying like that's the yeah formula. so all you need is uh an nfl receiver and an nfl quarterback. oh yeah of course yeah and who has that right um no but i think for next week they UCF play Cincinnati, and while That's UCF big. is not having the best of seasons in terms of win loss, UCF's and still a good team. Though. UCF's still a good team, and Dylan Gabriel can throw those quick slants. So that's just a little nugget to throw at you, Tyler. Just little, let that let that seed water it. Throw so yeah, yeah. Put some sunlight, let it grow. We'll see how that comes back. We'll come back to that. Um, next game, Tyler, the formerly ranked number nine Miami Hurricanes. They beat Virginia Tech twenty five to twenty four, and we were texting each other during this game. Saying no one wants to win this game. <laughs> no, nobody wanted to. Derek King wanted to win this game. Derek King. <laughs> uh, we should make an amendment. No one else on Miami really did. They, no, like, no, they didn't. It is. It is. <laughs> I. It is. It is incredible to me mm-hmm. the level at which Derek King every week just carries this entire Miami team. It is such a testament to his caliber as a player. Like I have nothing bad to say about him. Like, no. In the first game of the season, I noted how, like, they built their entire offense out of the the D.R. King scramble drill. Yeah. Which can work, but just not sustainably. Correct. It's a little bit more complicated than that, but it's kind of reverted to that in a way. Like, in the sense of, like, they just mess around and wait for Derek King to bail them out. It's like they have a a play drawn, and they have, like, maybe one or two checkdowns. But it's it's like when you're playing – it's like when you were in in the youth youth football, right? And your coach yeah. would say you have to run out the play. Miami never runs out the play. De'Ara King is the only person running out the play. You know? Yeah. They don't they don't it doesn't seem like they play to the whistle. They play until the design that they had in the huddle 
expires. And then they're like, what do we do? What happens? And De'Aaron King is like, will you move, please? <laughs> I don't know. Like, get open. Get open. <laughs> and so he says, fine, I'll just do it myself. And he does it himself. Yeah. Uh, uh, shout out to a friend of mine, Virginia Tekalam, who is very upset about this. I would be too. Who, especially... who is not at work, who is watching it at home uh, when the game was played and then went to work near the end of it. And then <laughs> saw the update and was very upset. So well, because, shout out Gretchen. Hope you had a better day after uh, that. But so like, so sorry for uh, you, Gretchen. Um, but that's about but it. Pretty for, much. In I the mean, game. Virginia Tech. They were fine. Mm-hmm. They should have won, but they. It's almost worse that like it's almost more of a reflection on them that they let it up. Like mm-hmm. yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know what to think about Virginia Tech other than they just seem like an average team. Yeah, they do. They do, and they were one of the teams that got really hit by COVID. Um, early in the season but speaking of covid uh miami diaz after the game said hey man we we almost didn't even get to play this game because of so many covid injuries and while that may be true it does seem like it's a little bit of well hey you know we managed to put some players hey, on the field and hey when you're the head coach of a private institution lie all you want no spin it baby you. Spin, spin it baby it. like what what are we gonna do ask for a public records request nothing Please. nothing we can't it doesn't it doesn't won't work <laughs> Let's move on, Tyler. Um, Indiana, 24, Michigan State, zero. And it all came in the first half. (laughs) (laughs) I was watching the highlights of this afterwards, and I'm like, I knew the final score was 24 to zero, and then I'm like, it's the second quarter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when I got to it, I was like, I don't think I need to watch the last seven minutes of this highlight. (laughs) Um, Let me break it down for you. Indiana is this year's Minnesota. Got it. They got lucky early. They did. In some of their wins. Mm-hmm. And then they just, now they're good. Yeah. And keep in mind, Michigan State is not a good football team. No. Like, um, at all. No. When you get shut out by Indiana, mm-hmm. like, credit to Indiana, but come on. Like, um, they didn't you have. Can't, you can't even get a safety, <laughs> not even a field goal. Listen, this One game point had... safeties do exist in football. You couldn't even get that. <laughs> Listen, they, they had. Four, there were four interceptions in this game combined with four, with 12 minutes left in the second quarter. Like, that was the type of game that we were playing. I do want to say one thing, Tyler. Remind me the Indiana quarterback's name. Michael Penix Jr. Penix Jr. The way to get to Penix Jr., he has trouble when he's under pressure. When you look at both of those interceptions, it was all either a blitz or the second interception came where – his man got open, saw the route. The defender kind of drifted behind. But because of the pressure from the nose guard, Penix threw the ball a little bit softer. With He, he, he hurried it, but he threw it softer. And then the defender that kind of lost his man close to the end zone just kind of stepped up and took the ball away. So if you pressure Penix Jr., that's kind of the way to disrupt that Indiana offense. Um, and next week, they play Ohio State. It'll be interesting to see where we go from there, Tyler. I mean, who? I mean, and and who is Ohio State played? Fraudulent Ohio State. Fraudulent Ohio State. Looks at it, it, they. It, Don't mark I, the tape on that. Ohio like, State ain't played nobody, Paul. They ain't played nobody, nobody, Paul. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Let's head to the West Coast, Tyler. Oregon forty-three, Washington State twenty-nine. This is a game that was so much better than the final score says. I have yeah. two things to say here, Tyler. Number one. Washington State is going to be a problem next year. They're already a problem now, if you would let me indulge me in that opinion. Yeah, go ahead. I like, agree. Like you said on this very podcast, Tyler, 
Mm. The run and shoot is the best offense to adapt after being in the air raid. And they yeah. be running and they be shooting, Tyler. It looks good. I continue to be impressed not only on all that and the, the seamlessness of it, but Washington State last week and even this week, they ran the ball pretty well. Uh-huh. And they're, they're, their quarterback is a true freshman. And he's making and he's reads. Ball, he's balling. Like, he's, he's legitimately checking down reads. Like, he's he's so far ahead of what we think of with a true freshman in terms of the mental aspect of playing quarterback. Because you, you, you can get an 18-year-old that can come in, sling the ball, throw, run a 4-2-40. Like, those are God-given abilities. One-read quarterbacks are a dime a dozen. So well, like. Exactly. But this man can make multiple reads, and I like that. The second thing about this game, I texted this to you this morning early. Tyler, there has never been a quarterback more designed for a Joe Moorhead offense than Tyler Show. It's incredible what this man can do, and it is a travesty that Oregon wasted Justin Herbert's dual-threat abilities, and they didn't go to this earlier. Mario Cristobal, what are you – why? Why did you deprive us of the Justin Herbert in the pros in college? Why did you deprive no, us you, of that? You're talking, I'm, I'm going to get mad. I'm gonna get mad. It's true because you, you and bring I day on the pod just to, just to rant about it. Because <laughs> you and I are out here looking like fools because we did accurate yeah. assessments of what we because saw. Because Marcus, Marcus Arroyo fooled us. He wasted Justin Herbert's last few years at Oregon, and Mario Cristobal let it happen. He allowed it. They would have been a playoff team last year. They were they were a playoff team last year with their terrible designed offense. Like mm-hmm. um, imagine they were, they were this close. Jane, they were Jaden Daniels away. They were Jaden Daniels or Bo Nix away. There were one Bo Nix pass away. That's it. An underthrown Bo Nix pass. I'd like for the emphasis to be on that. It was underthrown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, Seth Williams my. is a monster, so basically it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I am excited to see where this Oregon offense goes Oregon because is- <laughs> it's, it's tough, right? Because they're playing less games, but they have a legitimate playoff. They've already though. played a third of their games. Like They, 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 play, have a, they play two of their six games. They have a legitimate like playoff window, you know? Yeah. If they can like really— They have to be perfect, and they have to look good. Exactly. Exactly. And they they look good, and I think, at least from this perspective, from you and I, mm-hmm. the perspective is the teams that, like they they beat Stanford pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, Washington State is a good team that they they did beat like mm-hmm. good game. So I'm not I'm not going to detract anything from them for that. Yeah, neither. Um, so we'll we'll see how the rest of their schedule holds up. We'll see. We shall see, Tyler. Um, speaking of Tulsa, way back when. Tulsa ended up beating SMU 28 to 24 and it seems like that rescheduled Tulsa Cincinnati game that's rescheduled for late in December is gonna be a pretty good either preview of the American Championship game or if Tulsa wins they can get themselves into the uh, American Ooh, Championship game. Tulsa's Tulsa's ranked baby. Tulsa's like, ranked and they look good. They look good. The highlights of this game, they were getting pressure up on the wide receivers. They were they were allowing for their offense to kind of develop. They took their time. SMU only scored twenty four points. I I that's so a here, testament. That's what I'm saying. I think that's more a testament to Tulsa's good defense than SMU's offense. Yeah, oh, I yeah, think yeah. so. So just wanted to give them a shout out there. Congrats to them. Back to the West Coast, USC thirty four, Arizona thirty in a back and forth game, and these are the games that are just patented. Clay Helton. This is his game. This is the way that his USC teams play. They play below. They they play to the level of their opponents. There's no reason that this USC team, with the talent that they have, granted they're not like the most talented team in the conference anymore because of the past five six years, but they do have talent. There's no way they're, that they're this upper, team. They're upper echelon talent. Exactly. In, There's in no like... way this team should be in a close game against a Kevin Sumlin Arizona team. Are you kidding me? 
this is just so, it's yeah, embarrassing, USC's, dude. USC's two and zero, oh, and I still think that they suck. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's literally it. Uh, I mean, talented I think players Slopes is under good, and I like Graham Harrell's offensive coordinator, but they're just not good. And right, I mean, every USC win is just one step closer to Urban Meyer being hired at Texas. <laughs> yeah, it's it's we had, laugh now, internet. <laughs> no, but like well, we had it's this conver- we had this conversation in terms of like the Jags, where you want to be competitive but you want to lose, right? USC. You need to lose because the grand prize here is Urban Meyer. Do you want another four years of this mediocrity, winning games, one possession when you should be actually blowing them out and not being taken seriously by the playoff committee? Or do you want a hard reset, bring in Urban Meyer, one of the greatest recruiters of all time, get yourself that top talent in California and Washington and Oregon and the Arizonas like you should be getting, and get back to the USC that we saw in the early 2000s? Like, those are your options. Those are your choices. Look, yeah, and with Clay Helton, things could be so much worse with Clay Helton. They could. I, I very much do. But they could be so much better. Mm-hmm. I think and USC has 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 maxed out with what they could be with Clay Helton. Yeah. And that's yeah, not treading, who they are. They're just treading water, which you could argue is the most is the worst thing to do. Yep. In the most the most dangerous it's thing to do. Treading water is the worst thing that you could be in football. Agreed. Agreed. Tyler, a team that's not treading water. The Northwestern Wildcats. They beat yeah. Purdue twenty-seven to twenty. It looked good. I, Tyler, I can't believe I'm saying this. I think I'm adopting Ooh. Northwestern as one of my teams this year. I think I've officially put my arm. I have either I'm not there yet, I have either had a two point I have either had a two point pick or I have allegedly gambled on all of their games this year and they have yet to let me down. And watching them is actually exciting especially yeah. in this it's exciting in a big tw- in a big 10 way meaning like it's not this high flying offense i'm not looking at the they don't Kiffin score a million offense. points but no. they move the ball they move the ball and their defense is playing hard nose this team is like if this team was in the 1990s it would be like the front runner <laughs> it, it would be like the best team in the in yeah, the country yeah no, that's a good point it's, it's good very point. much a 90s team you know what i mean fantastic yeah. fantastic tyler it's time it's time to talk about penn state because they lost to Nebraska, thirty to twenty-three. Sean Clifford got benched in ain't this it. game. He ain't it. Nebraska didn't even start Adrian Martinez, which was the right move in retrospect. Tyler, talk, talk to me. Go ahead. I'm gonna give you the floor. Uh, okay, Penn State's bad. Thank you so <laughs> much for taking the floor, Tyler. <laughs> um, I don't. I, I don't come away from this impressed with Nebraska in any sort of sense. Like that. Yeah. Nebraska was less on fire in this game. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry. When I say on fire, they were less breaking down on the side of the road this was two um, dumpster fires across the street from each other the nebraska one is still on fire but the penn state one blew up yeah basically. that's where we're at um and I, I get it from a human perspective that penn state's players are probably just like what's the point of this anymore because yeah. like they, they, they're they're done they yeah they lost close game to indiana then they lost to ohio state then they lost to maryland so like what 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 other than just your own personal pride, which should be enough, but mm-hmm. you know, with in this weird COVID season, that's just an asterisk season. Mm-hmm. What is the point? And Nebraska is like desperately clawing for a win. Well, Nebraska thinks the, that they have a shot at something, and that's just not even. Yeah, yeah, it's not it. Like, Penn State, Penn State's dealing with the fact that they should be better, and they're mm-hmm. not, so they're kind of giving up. Nebraska is try is just clawing for a win. They're trying mm-hmm. to find something, and they did. And yeah, Adrian Martinez didn't get the start. It was, I believe, Luke McCaffrey. McCaffrey, yes. Um, he looked good. Their offense looked fine. 
Uh, one of those touchdowns was Sean Clifford fumble that was taken back for a touchdown, yes. which which got him benched. I mean, I will say Penn State, Nebraska took the lead pretty early in this game, a pretty mm-hmm. commanding lead. And Penn State did fight back, so I'll give them credit for that. Yeah. But uh, Listen, I, I think Penn, it's not good at Penn State. I don't think this is like a fire James Franklin thing at no, all. No, I actually I just I think actually, this is his bad season. Yeah. Like, and the thing is it's a bad season. Yeah, and the thing is that I feel bad for him because he's actually living away from his family because his daughter has some disease that is very susceptible to COVID and so for her safety like they are not living with him and so he hasn't been able to be with his family that must suck and number two i honestly think in terms of on the field this might be a good thing for james franklin right this is essentially a throwaway season at this point especially right so you're able to play you can play a bunch of young guys get them conference game experience right and be able to not waste any eligibility because there's no eligibility this year you know what i mean so they're able to do that, especially with their running back last year. Was it um, Journey Brown? Uh, Journey Brown. Journey Brown ended up retiring medically because he had a medical condition. That man was the leading rusher in their Cotton Bowl win last year. You know, like those are big yeah. things that have to overcome. You know, and, and I believe Noah Kane uh, uh, opted out, so the top two running backs. Exactly. So it's at that point, you know, get the young guys' experience. Penn State fans, it sucks. This is just this is a step back season, and 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 in reality, again, we talked about treading water, which can be sometimes can be the worst thing that you do in football. Mm-hmm. The reality is, under Sean Clifford, that's all he'd been doing. This was going to be a treading water season in yeah. some capacity. So yeah, man, maybe this is for the best. Maybe it's for the best. Let's go back to the SEC. Kentucky thirty-eight, Vandy thirty-five. Vandy made this a game in the second half. Vandy has a. They have a somebody at the freshman. Uh, they have somebody at the quarterback position. They have Drew Freshman there, and he, you know, I mean, he's got some potential. Listen, if if they can get Derek Mason, if they can win a, a couple games to be able to, I don't know why I'm saying. I, I really they like play Derek Mason. Florida next week. I know, but I really like Derek Mason, and I don't want him to be fired. I do too. I, I don't. Well, things what you got going for you is the fact that like Vanderbilt is so conservative in regards to uh, athletics. Yeah, and like the movement of coaches. Mm-hmm. They, it, this would be the year, but they're so conservative in regards to moving on from head coaches and athletics. So I think that they'll stick around. Uh, Kentucky actually pulled out their offense in this game. So yeah, they did for that. And I, again, I, I just I like Vandy's freshman quarterback, and I like the little offense they got around him. He's a true freshman, which has been very evident in a lot of the mistakes he makes. Right. But he can make some throws. Listen, like we said earlier about Penn State, right? Get the young guys to play. Get experience. There's no eligibility problems this year. Why not? Why not? Um, Tyler, probably the most fun game of the day, if you like points. Boy. North Carolina, 59. Wake Forest, 53. And no, that was not an ACC basketball score. I promise you guys, it was not. Um, future, what did we decide on? Indian, Indianapolis Colts? Uh, it was Minnesota Vikings. And now uh, it's Indianapolis Colts. Now it's... No, it was Oakland Raiders because Zach Wilson is in Indianapolis. That's what it was, exactly. So, future Oakland Ra- or Las Vegas Raiders, Tyler. Sorry, Las Vegas Raiders. Future Las Vegas Raiders quarterback Sam Howell put on a clinic in terms of – All the of, records. You want to talk about padding your stats? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. If if North Carolina was good, uh, future Las Vegas Raiders quarterback Sam Howell would be in the Heisman discussion. If they were better That's than what they That's a great way are. to put it, actually. They would. They would. Those <laughs> are the kind of numbers you're putting up. He, yeah, I mean, if they were good, he would. Those are the type of numbers he's putting up. He's, yep. it's pretty good. Yep, um, really good. And I mean, 
And shout out to Wake Forest. That's shout what I was going to say. Wake Forest. Like, yeah. They're a good team, too. Sam Hartman played a hell of a game. I love their offense. Mm-hmm. I still don't know why no team has gone and hired Dave Clawson away from Wake Forest. I don't know, dude. He's Michigan, make, what are you doing? He's you making, could be so much better. No, 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 no. Michigan, Michigan's gonna go after Luke Fickle. That's and that's if not the Michigan. That Matt Campbell, so. And if not that Matt Campbell, exactly. So. But they, but Dave Clawson would be a really good third. Oh, he with, would be a fantastic third option. I will. Dave Clawson should be the Tennessee head coach. Let me, let me, uh, let me give you a Dave Clawson suggestion. Hoodies on, third eyes open. Third eye. Yep. yep. What if? The next game we talk about is going to be Ole Miss 59, South Carolina 42. Oh. We're talking oh. we're talking in the same recruiting area. We're talking an SEC job. We're talking a guy that likes to win by putting points on the board and having a tough-nosed defense. Why are we not talking about Clawson to South Carolina? Why is that? I actually discussion? like that for South Carolina more than I like Hugh Freeze South Carolina because – I don't think Ray Tanner, their athletic director, would like Hugh Freeze at all. No, because um, he's a good person, and Hugh Freeze not the best person. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, and like I'm not gonna sit here and be all high and mighty, and like I need a saint to be the head coach of my football team. Right. But that kind of stuff does matter. It like, does. Yeah, um, it should matter. Um, but I like that. Why personally. not? It, because well, like Dave Clawson has taken a bad, a bad ACC program and made them relevant a middle of the packet ACC program. He's kind of maxed so out. You Wade could, Forrest. You, he could this is as good as Wake Forest is going to be. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I mean, he could probably get South Carolina. I mean, he could probably get them to a, a higher floor ceiling ratio than, than Will Muschamp can. I think so as well. You mean to tell Which, you mean to tell me that Clawson can't get a Jamie Newman type quarterback to go to South Carolina? He can. Come on. Hell, get Jamie Newman to transfer over there. <laughs> He's got the He's year of eligibility. Right <laughs> He's got the eligibility year. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so that's yeah, gonna I mean, also yeah. translate to Ole Miss fifty nine, South Carolina forty two. To me, I wrote this in the napkin this week. This is the nail in the coffin for Muschamp. This game right here, a game where he scores forty two points. Yes, because his and he still lost by seventeen. Because <laughs> Will Muschamp, the defensive coach, allowed fifty nine points. No, no, I, I'm not saying I disagree. I was just trying uh-huh. to be facetious. Oh yeah, of course, of um, course. Like no. It is hilarious to me that Lane Giffen is probably going to be the reason. So, what was Chad just fired? <laughs> um, Incredible. Ole Miss is, you know, the same team that they've been every single game that they've played. Yep. Um, no defense, but offense is good enough to win them the game yep. or like make them competitive. I mean, credit to South Carolina's ability to run the ball. Like, they were able to run the ball in this game. Yeah. I, I gotta agree. Like, I. And honestly, what did you expect, South Carolina? And I even felt trapped to it because I did feel that, like, Muschamp got early on in the South Carolina days. He was getting better. He was learning from mistakes. Yeah. And I think that was true in the first two years. But then, like, he kind of plateaued and then took a plateaued. dive. And then he took a dive, which sucks. But it is what it I, is. Shout out to Lane Kiffin for throwing his clipboard all over uh, the field. See how high that thing went? That thing, that was. You launched that. that I think. I think we need to start having a discussion about Lane Kiffin entering some kind of Olympic competition because the man was able to get that thing up there. Like tweeting? <laughs> yeah. gold, Olympic gold finalist for tweeting, Lane Kiffin. Mark the tape. <laughs> uh, Lane Kiffin's going to make the College Football Hall of Fame solely off of his Twitter account. Oh, absolutely. You get, get, absolutely. Him, get him in there for contributing to college football culture. That's what we need to get him in for. 
at a minimum, right? Let alone his college. He's going to get in one way or another. One way or another, like, dude. Just because he, he's just stayed in the sport for so long. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, in my. so many different ways. All right, we're going to wrap that up with – we're going to wrap rapid reactions up here. Let's go to five wide, Tyler. I did make a joke about it being three wide because the Ohio State-Maryland game was postponed. The, or, I'm sorry, that was canceled. That, I think, was specifically canceled. And then the Cal-Arizona yeah. State game was canceled. In a weird twist, Cal is going to end up playing UCLA because um, UCLA was supposed to play Utah, and Utah had an outbreak. And so they it's canceled not going that. well for him, just letting you know. Like, <laughs> I, I haven't even oh, checked the score, dude. Oh, it's not going well. All right, let's continue. Let's End continue of the going. third, it's UCLA 27, Cal 10, so. Oh, wow. Look, not, that's not looking good for Tyler. Not looking good for Tyler. No, that doesn't count against me, though. <laughs> it doesn't, but it's just not looking good for your brand. Um, let's start off with Notre Dame and Boston College. That was a 330 kick. Notre Dame ends up winning 45-31. to 31. Tyler picked Notre Dame. He gets the point. I picked Boston College for the upset. I did not get a point. But I did watch this game, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but Ian Book was the reason that they won this game. And it sucks because we had been talking about Ian Book for years about how he couldn't make the right decision. He was not he was not able to recognize pressure. And what did he do today? Recognize or yesterday, recognized all he the pressure. He's on fire right now. He's having he, see, he won't win a Heisman, but it's it's very similar like because of the stats and everything. And uh-huh. but it's very clear to me that he's just playing at a different level right now. Yeah, he's he, having he's the operating on a different frequency than everyone yep. else. And it's weird because we always talk about this with Notre Dame. A lot of times, the thing with Notre Dame was you know you got to fix the offense. And like the scheme on for Notre Dame on offense wasn't ever really the problem, right? Because they got good running backs, they got good wide receivers. Their offensive line is always good. It was just that the quarterback was you know average. Um, it's and now at. You book it, you you rarely see this because most of the time it's just it this this is always what happens players come in and they play earlier in their career and mm-hmm. they, they impress and everybody's like oh what can this guy develop into then most players just kind of stay where they're at right this is the that's like the Jake Browning thing Jake Browning was so good his sophomore year and that was it and then it, that was it I mean like he never got better mm-hmm. you would expect him to get better and then the players around him got slightly worse so he was just kind of he's a good college quarterback right and that was what I thought Notre Dame was gonna like Ian Book was gonna be but. It's one of the few tales where he's gotten better. He's mastered the offense, and mm-hmm. part of that is the reason that he just won't seem to graduate. Um, <laughs> well, um, I, I have a I have a petition, Tyler. Go ahead. I would like to petition to further from now on, henceforth, allow for oh, Ian Book to be known as the library on this podcast. <laughs> I need your approval. I need your approval. See, but I wanted to call him Ian Spellbook because he's magic. I think I'll defer to you. I like that. Let's Ian go to Spellbook, Ian Spellbook. Magic. Let's go to Ian Spellbook. Well done, Tyler. Ian Spellbook. Yeah. But if we talk about him at the library, it's the Hogwarts library because he's looking for a new book of spells. Boom. Got it. <laughs> Boom. Got go. it. Compromise. Let's go. Uh, let's move on to our second game on this. There's one thing I just love about this podcast is that we just keep making up names for quarterbacks. That's, we we will <laughs> never brand. we will never take anything seriously on this pod. Let's be real. Us never. Everything um, everything except for the Florida secondary that we will take very seriously. Um, next up on our three wide we had Wisconsin at Michigan. Wisconsin just just dominated michigan 49 to 11 we both Graham get the- mertz didn't even play that well like <laughs> no, he, didn't. he was fine like he didn't do anything wrong no but like 
the the other the other Wisconsin game that we've seen was the Graham Burt's like show. Yeah, he was just there. Jack Cohn could have won this game, but like, <laughs> this was a situation where I think it was so the Dolphin game against the Rams where it was Tua's first start. People were like, "Oh, Tua didn't really look like he had the best of games," and I was like, "Well, he didn't really have to." And I feel like that's the case here with Graham yeah, Mertz. Sometimes that's just what it is. He like, didn't have to because you know why? You know how many yards Michigan had in the first quarter? Not a lot. No, no, no. Tyler, they had two. <laughs> like like single digits. Like I can count the amount of yards on my fa- on my hand. Two yards in the first quarter. First two passes for Michigan, interceptions. It's just that it's just that year. And afterwards, Harbaugh has the audacity to say, Well, you know, they outplayed us in all three phases of the game. Yeah, you think? You think, Harbaugh? Is that what happens when if you If I was a Michigan lose? fan, I would be... 49 to 11? <laughs> you lost by 38 points? <laughs> yeah. You know what? Maybe the special teams played better than their special teams. No, Jim. No, Harbaugh. No. Get Harbaugh out of there, Jesus, man. Like, man. I, Jesus. I, so I took a walk today. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And you saw... I was, I was... So, no, no, no. I was just thinking, you know, because I do this about to myself for some reason. Um, I was thinking about... My beloved Jacksonville Jaguars, which are currently tied with the Green Bay Packers. What are we doing? Um, <laughs> and I was thinking about, oh, all the people I want to be the head coach, you know. And I was listening to a podcast about, you know, like what's Harbaugh's situation at Michigan. And an idea popped in my head that Harbaugh will leave Michigan and go to like a place like Jacksonville in the NFL. And I cried. But here's the thing. <laughs> Harbaugh in the NFL He's is not different. Even getting, is different. Yeah, than but he's not even he's not even coaching that well to get that yeah, NFL that's interest true. right now. That's true. And the NFL is kind of moving on from that that era of coaching in the sense of like they're moving more I mean, college. They're moving more college. They're moving more college. Rightfully so. Which is why um, Joe, Joe Brady to the Jags. Anyway, um, you said it. Moving Brad forward, we, we both got those points. Last game in the three wide. Oregon State at Washington. This was the nightcap. Twenty-seven to twenty-one. Washington pulls it out. We both get the points there. And Tyler, it's exactly what we said. We didn't know what was going on with the Washington offense, but we knew that their defense was going to do well, and they did. They held a good Oregon State offense that we saw play Washington State last week. They held them. They contained them. They got stops when they needed to get stops. And that's what we should expect from a Jimmy Lake team moving forward, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, there's not much to take away from here. Other than there wasn't. They're, they're more it kinda, talented. Yeah. They got better defense. Like That was it. That's what happened. The late time was just... Yeah, it was an 11 o'clock kick, too, so it was like one of those, okay, all right. Let's... Good God. <laughs> it was one of those things where, like, I am very glad Pac-12 after dark is back, but when it was getting closer to this game, I was like, oh, boy, all right, am I going to make it? Am I going to make it? <laughs> am I old now? Am I going to make this game? <laughs> let's get to um, that point. Let's get to that point. So we get the points on that one. Tyler, let's go to two point. You picked Army over Tulane, and you were proven wrong. Tulane. Stupid troops. The the uniforms prevailed. 38, uniforms over the troops. 38 to 12, Tyler. This was not close. Well, it was for like a, the first half. Well, it, no, it, in it, terms it, it of the was, score, of course, it was. for a little bit. And then, and then Tulane just kind of pulled away. Yeah. The, it was, that's the blueprint. If you if you can pull away from Army, what, what are they going to do? They're an option team. Yeah. Like, and Tulane actually utilized the speed that they have. So, I mean, good for them. I can't get too mad because Tulane won, the uniforms won. This is a win for America, even though it's actually technically a loss for America because the troops lost. But like, <laughs> um, 
this is a win for America because the best uniforms in college. I was gonna say it, it's it's a win for America because of the uniforms, and that's something that we value it, more than anything net, on this earth. Yeah, it's a net zero because the troops lost, but America won, so it's kind of, it's kind of a net zero, just like the zero points that I got from this. Yeah, I love those zero points. And Tyler, you know what points I got? I got two points because I Your correctly picked. Your stupid gimme rivalry game. Uh, excuse me. Excuse me. Sorry, yes, Willie Tiger was your head coach. So thank you. For, uh, it was a right. It, it was a, <laughs> This is a turn of a of a new. This is a t- turning the page. All right. <laughs> I can now officially feel comfortable with Willie Taggart coaching in rivalry games. FAU beat FIU. Are you sure you want to go on record saying that? I literally just did. They won thirty-eight to nineteen. Folks, mark the tape. <laughs> thirty-eight to nineteen. As long this? as as long as he's coaching my FAU Owls, I'm fifty-two minutes into the episode. As <laughs> long as I'm coaching my FAU Owls, as he's coaching them, I'm fine with it. He's coaching anyone else. Uh-uh, I'm putting that stink on him. But the stink has been removed. It was a wonderful birthday present for my stepdad, Raul. It was a wonderful, wonderful time. I got to watch the entire second half. Super comfortable. I kept tabs. We went to dinner with a couple friend of ours, Matt and Carson. Uh, We went, the four of us. Nice. Got back home. Did a little drinking. And uh, watched the second half of this game. So shout out to FAU. Those Amber Kitties didn't even have a chance. It was wonderful. And Tyler, because of that, our score to date, is Tyler 38, Sergio 36. The lead is being cut into. Two I'd point. lie if I say I wasn't nervous. Uh, yeah, you should be. You I'm definitely nervous, should man. be, Tyler. <laughs> um, um, Tyler, let's wrap this episode up. What was your moment of the week? Um, so recently, Kentucky's uh, offensive line coach, mm-hmm. um, Josh Larman, did pass away from a like, two-year battle with cancer, which he was coaching through. Yeah. The last game he coached was the Tennessee win. Sorry, the the Kentucky win over Tennessee at Neyland Stadium. First mm-hmm. time they've done it since 84. Yeah. Um, at, he, and and important to the, note, he played guard for Kentucky um, when he was there in the 90s, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And when uh, Kentucky took the field for the first time against Vanderbilt, they left their left guard spot open uh, and took a penalty to honor him. And Vanderbilt declined the penalty right on them. Just to show that they, they they still loved him and that he was still with them, and then one of their left tackle wore his number. Yeah, for the game without a name, just, without a nameplate, which is very, name, and that's just awesome. Yeah, like yeah, just awesome. That's and credit to Derek Mason for declining the penalty because it's, yeah. that's class and all that. That was going to be my moment of the week too, Tyler. I thought that was very powerful, but I figured you would take it, and so therefore I'm going to give us something a little bit more optimistic to end on. Um, Kyle Trask before this game needed 82 passing yards to join the school's 5,000 career passing yard club. The members of that club are Tebow, Leak, Werfel, Matthews, Grossman, Bell, Reeves, Peace, and Johnson. You know what the crazy part about this is, Tyler? What? That Kyle Trask did this in like a year and a half worth of starts. These other guys needed their entire careers to get yeah. that 5,000 mark. So Trask, I anticipate he, him. Not even two full seasons. Not even. I anticipate he's got, what, four regular season games left. Well, three, maybe four regular season games left. A conference championship game. And then at least at one, least bowl, one game. bowl game. Because there's a possibility we can make the the, the playoff. We get mm. that semi. We win. We can get into the natty. There's two games left there. So congrats to him hitting the 5,000 mark. Only 10 Gator quarterbacks can do it. And the way this season's looking, I know we talked about it at the start, there might be a fourth statue outside of the stadium. Just saying. 
Just saying. I would be okay with it. Obviously. I would also be okay with it, Tyler. Um, Tyler, that brings us to the end of the episode. Is there anything else that you want to say before we wrap up? No, but uh, other than the fact that we all talked about, and everyone kind of talked about how like this this week was going to be oh. All the big games are canceled, and there's not that many great games. Mm -hmm. Falsehoods, lies. Um, There's always a good (laughs) games to be had. Always. Um, Never lost a Saturday on college football. So I'm just very glad that we still can get to watch this sport, enjoy it, and you and I still get to talk about it. Agreed. Yeah, there were 15 games that we didn't get to see this week. We hope that all of those programs get back healthy. Everyone is safe. Um, But college football is wonderful, even if we just have – a couple of games. I'm still glad that we get a Saturday with college football on it. So let's take advantage of them while we have the chance, Tyler. And with that being said, my this has been another episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And we are not biased, but Kyle Trask for Heisman. Heisman!